0: Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. We are going kind of light on on people here in the crew. It is just me and Justin doing this one. And we are doing a really uh, kind of, I don't want to say unknown, or maybe just kind of a lower key movie <laughs> that did go wide uh, to theaters this last weekend, or technically two weekends ago by the time you listen to this, uh, which is Fighting With My Family. It is the dramatized account of how the wrestler page got into the WWE Uh, and you know like her family story and everything like that with it which up until this movie I didn't know anything about Um, Jastin may have known some more about it because you know wrestling is more in his wheelhouse I know he knows the wrestler page way better than I do Um, but yes this was also one of the first movies you'll see with the uh, seven buck productions logo because that is The Rock's production company. He is one of the executive producers on this. And it was written and directed by none other than uh, Britain's own Stephen Merchant, who, if you've seen anything with Ricky Gervais, you've probably seen Stephen Merchant. Um, so, I mean, we'll start this off. You know, it's we're going to be a little more free-flowing in this. We are going to talk about what we like, didn't like and everything in between with this, but we aren't going to necessarily just, you know, break it down like we typically do with there's more of us, but we're going to start with Justin. What did you like in this? movie?
1: Awesome. Well, I've kind of watched this movie with a unique eye because there's the cinema slayer part of me that's watching this movie. And of course, I'm going to look at it and pick it apart and things like that. But then there is the pro wrestler part of me that's watching this movie. and. Some of the events that happen to the people, some of the things that happen to them, the experience that they have, some of the backstage shots that they show and things like that, I can remember having some of those same feelings, kind of going through some of those same things. And it's kind of amazing to me how much uh, Paige's brother in this, Zach, Played by Jack Loudon, it's almost amazing, kind of how my journey with wrestling mirrors his to an extent with some things. But so that was kind of freaky too. I was like, "Damn, man, I got a lot of sim." I know exactly what he what he's feeling right now. But to not to go too much into that, we'll get into that I'm sure a little bit later. But overall, um there was a lot to like about this film. I, I definitely think that this film is kind of one of those things um, that that people say when they're talking about movies where they say charm over substance. I think that this is definitely an example of that because you're going to see a lot of tropes in this movie. This is very much an underdog sports, overcoming the obstacles type of film. So if you've seen anything like that, A movie centered around some type of sport, and you've got this underdog who's trying to be a part of it, and then they go through these trials and tribulations. So we know where this story is going. You've seen this story before. This is going to be familiar territory if you've watched any kind of feel-good family sports film. However, the good thing about this film is that Steven Merchant and his casting crew did a phenomenal job with who they picked to be in this film because I felt like all the lines are just delivered well. The When the emotion has to hit, I feel that the acting performances in this are so charming and are so compelling that you roll with it. Even when you know where it's going, even when you kind of know what the purpose of this character is, you know this character is doing X, Y, and Z and he is fulfilling, he or she is fulfilling this part of the story, but you go with it anyway, man, because you just got a lot of charming stuff. I loved uh, the people who depicted Paige's parents in this movie: uh, Lena Headey as Julia and Nick Frost as Ricky. These two really killed it as Paige's parents, and I thought that they just came off so genuine. I like their scenes together. They they re- and their interactions with the other kids. They really were two of the standouts to me in this film. Um, And then as far as just the story, I thought that the story moved well. There was never any bad pacing. I felt like I don't feel like there was ever any just uneven parts of the story where I was like, well, why are we talking about this? Or why are we here looking at this? I mean, everything just flowed well, never got uninterested in the film, never got bored with the film, and so that pacing is definitely a compliment to Steven Merchant, the director. But yeah, between the pacing and the actor performances, those would probably be the two best things that I enjoyed about the film.
0: Yeah, dude, I I definitely fucking agree with you about the parents. Uh, Nick Frost and uh, Lena Headey just knocked it out of the park for me. I mean, Lena Headley's been a, or Hedy has been around for a while. I mean, she was Leonidas' wife in Three Hundred, but then like outside of that, she's been in a bunch of shit I haven't seen. Outside of her typically being a villain, you know, with uh, obviously Queen Cersei from Game of Thrones, uh
1: huh, Game of Thrones, which
0: she's just the epitome of evil for nine out of ten scenes she's in. Yes, um, but she has some depth to her, so you know she's got chops. And then she was the main villain in Dread. Uh, playing mama yep, in dread sure was and so for the most part i'm used to her being somebody that's a despicable person and to see her in this role and i really loved the way she played it because you know there were a lot of times in there you felt like she was playing that typical mom of a maybe like budgeting like or budgeting what the fuck anyway i don't know what word i'm trying to say i feel like i'm close but i'm not getting there um Bludgeoning? but just like No, no, no. Like they're like about to be like, they're about to be a star, budding, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe a budding star athlete, whatever. Anyway, everybody gets what I'm saying at this point. Everybody knows I fuck up all my words. Um, But you know, like you always see those, you know, those movies where they're doing that and it's the mother's living through their child scenes. I, Tanya is riddled with that. Um, Mm -hmm. And you kind of get that impression of her at the beginning of the movie and throughout a lot of the movie. Uh, and without getting into spoilers at this direct moment, um, but the way she turns it at the end to support her daughter, uh, she did it in a very believable way. Yes. It didn't feel like she, it did, she didn't feel like she made that turn because the script said she made the turn. Uh, you, you could feel her character making the turn based on the way she was acting in that character. Uh, and I loved that. I loved seeing her do that. Um, because she really did play it, especially in those moments where it did need to be heartfelt and everything like that. She played it with so much fucking warmth. She legitimately like was a warm motherly matronly character. Like you never felt like it, it just of the, I mean, I guess just because of the type of movie it is, I wasn't expecting that turn for the characters. Uh, and maybe that's why that aspect of it made, uh, such an impact on me, um, what that is. Cause I wasn't expecting it. And, uh, Oh, Nick Frost. Mm. Nick Frost was awesome too. Yes. He was He was everything you want Nick Frost to be in a movie. He was big and lovable and sometimes stupid and sometimes uh a mess and mm-hmm. kind of a wrecking ball type of thing sometimes and then other times he's just like a big lovable teddy bear. Yeah. You know, and their chemistry together was so amazing too. Yes. Like they, they were amazing together, too. Like, when they were doing those scenes where they're talking about how they fell in love and their redemption for each other was wrestling. And then they just start making out. Yes. Like, you legitimately felt like they were, like, caught up in the moment. And the only outlet they had was to shove each other's tongues down each other's throats.
1: That's so true. And, and like, and, and you said something earlier. It just felt genuine. It just felt real. And that's how it felt in there. It didn't feel like one of those meta scenes where it was like, hey, we know we're in a movie and we're just going to say silly things and start kissing. It didn't feel like that. You felt that story that they were telling and you understood right away, okay, these are two people that truly care about each other. And I think that's what a lot of this film is about, that despite the dark colors and goth looks and metallica posters and the wrestling rings this was a tight-knit family that loved each other and that always shined through when it had to in this film and
0: and on top of that too like they legitimately felt like a family like if you actually came to me and said right now well like oh a little bit of trivia they're actually all related and nick frost is actually married to lena head uh, hetty right now I'm like okay that makes sense, then, why they all mm-hmm. acted like that. Because they legitimately all felt like, you know, when uh, Paige's character is interacting with her brother, Zach. Or Zach. Is it Zach? Zach. No, he was... The yeah. Zach attack. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they did that, they, they, they legitimately acted like they were brother and sister. Like, it felt like that relationship yeah. felt authentic, you know, and everything like that. And one underrated person in this movie, to me, was Vince Vaughn. Yes. He... He's typically just whatever to me. I'm completely apathetic towards Vince Vaughn. I was hoping I was going to get unapathetic towards him in True Detective Season 2. And if you've seen True Detective Season 2, you know that nothing is really good about that. Yeah. And I I didn't get what I felt I was going to get with him. But this movie, I finally got it. I finally got a reason for me to like maybe want to see Vince Vaughn in some more shit now. He he was very good. He did a lot with just his facial expressions in this movie? Yes. And to me that's always the most underrated thing an actor can do is acting with their face and only their face, and he did it really fucking well. He was he he did a lot with just his facial expressions and a lot of the the tone of his voice. Um just everything about him. I thought he was he was a very like perfectly cast person in this movie, especially for that role. It really fit. He did look like a journeyman wrestler that was washed up and injured and couldn't do it anymore, so he's teaching people. He looked like that person.
1: Yeah, and his scenes felt like that, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and he looked like
0: he had been just driven to the brink of madness on the road. You could just see that little twinkle in his eye that he had just been doing it for so long and that he was a little weary but had hope. And I mean, I just, I really liked a lot of aspects of that with the acting. Like you said, the acting, I thought I just, I really don't think there was a real weak link when it came to the acting. No, nope. I mean, yeah, there were some, there were some ancillary characters that are whatever, but anybody that got just a decent amount of screen time, it felt right. It felt like their performance is justified. The amount of screen time they got. True, And, and one thing know, I
1: will it, say, Oh, and just one thing to add to that, just to your point, is that like the characters, the acting really just can't, it can't be overstated enough how well it is. And with the characterizations in this, like you were saying, even though, yes, there are tropes and this structure, this format is cliche as far as just the, 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 the underdog sports story, but from an acting standpoint and from a behavioral standpoint, I think is what I'm trying to say. The actors always avoided just doing the typical, like the typical line you thought you would hear, you didn't quite hear. The typical thing you thought w- where you where you thought the story was just going to go this one direction and just cruise, it, t- it does some dips and takes some turns and gives you some character behaviors that aren't out of character for the person but it's but it's enough of a sway here and there to make them feel human is what i'm trying to say and like what you were saying with vince vaughn i think that's a he's a perfect example of that
0: we'll see with like a lot of movies like this they end up becoming just too cliche and they stay in the cliches
1: yes yes
0: and that's when that's when they don't feel like people Mm -hmm. they feel like cliches whereas in this there was enough nuance and enough like you said variation on those cliches to where they felt like what people would actually do yes you know people the reason why those things are cliches are because they happen a lot but that's the thing is when everybody's acting the same way every time those situations are presented that's not authentic you have to give some variation because somebody out there is going to do it a little different
1: exactly Yes. And
0: this one showed that this one did have that little difference to it, you know? And also the, what you were saying about the brother and I wish I remembered his actual name too. Um, Jack he was fucking Lauded. great. Yeah. Jack loud is the actor's name. Yeah. Great. He did a lot of that too. Like I was talking about with Vince Vaughn, which is a very interesting parallel that I might bring up again later. Uh, Cause Vince Vaughn was well with the whole wrestling thing. Vince Vaughn was saying that, he was a version of him. He was a younger version of him. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, the actor was uh, a younger version of Vince Vaughn within this movie because that guy did a lot with his face too. Yes. Yes. He felt like he gave monologues with his facial expressions. Like instead of saying what would be like, you know, like a three minute thing, he would just give a face and get the entire point across. Instead of saying what, like you said, those cliched fucking words that you always hear again and again.
1: Mm -hmm. he gave the face and that sold it and that sold it yes and there's so many scenes like that where you just knew how he felt one that i thought was particularly powerful with him was after and you know i guess eventually we're gonna have to talk about some spoilers so spoilers yeah we might as well get i mean but i mean come on man you should have seen the movie but here come the spoilers so there is a point in the movie where uh, Paige is selected and our brother Zach is not. And there's a scene for to go to the WWE to go to their training facility, which is the performance center. Neither here or there, but the point is, is that there was one scene where he was sitting on the couch. And this is after he hasn't been picked and he hasn't, you know, he's trying to process this and He just can't, and he is just depressed. There's all these feelings and emotions because he's proud of his sister, but he's depressed because he didn't make it, and he didn't get that chance to try out for WWE. Well, he's sitting there on the couch, and there's no dialogue, and he's looking at his child, and and he's just absolutely just in a daze, like a depressed, just... Well, in a fog. Yeah. Almost like in a fog. Yes, that's a great word. Yeah.
0: Because his his child is lying on the ground crying. It needs something. It needs attention. It's a baby. It's crying. It needs something. A
1: baby, yes.
0: And he's he's staring at it with just, I don't want to say a blank expression, but like he's definitely got like that air of sadness to his face, but his eyes. Yes. it's, It's like he's doing a thousand yard stare past his baby
1: yes he's looking at the baby but he's not seeing it Mm-hmm. and you felt that oh that was perfect sterling and i felt that like i felt that when he was looking when he was looking but not looking that was great that was great what you said there man i felt that and he did that all with his eyes yes man i felt that and then his wife-to-be walks in the room and she's like zach seriously you're not gonna pick him up and his eyes never move. Like the the the, the face, I- even though he kind of collects himself whenever she walks into the room, that mood, that mood that you felt from him, it never changed. And he never said anything. And it just hit so hard to me, that scene.
0: Yeah, he went from a version of that that was just sitting there doing nothing to somebody pretending to like function in the same state yes you know and well and and one thing i really loved too with that character and, and and that actor was his essentially his come to jesus moment where you know Paige did you know they had the whole fight where she's like you know he was like that was my dream and all this other stuff and they were like and she was like well they didn't want you and she knew why because the coach had already told her why but she didn't tell him and then he had that come to jesus moment with his older brother that got out of jail That he was going down the same slope he went down. He was starting to become violent because he was so depressed, and he didn't get his dream, you know, and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know, he said something, and he was like, "No, the difference was that she had you." And he realized what his role was to be in the same situation. Yeah, he was he that he was to be that Vince Vaughn character for people in his neighborhood, like all those kids. Yes, like he he might not be the next WWE superstar, but he might be the guy that helped train the next WWE superstar like his sister. And then all the other kids in the neighborhood. And those kids were also really fucking good.
1: They were, they were. And there was a and- great line there just before you get to the kids. Cause I know that's where we're going and we were talking about them, but there was a great line there during that come to Jesus moment where Paige tells him just because you're not doing it for millions of people doesn't mean that what you're doing is not important. And that was such a great line. That is one of those lines that you never really get in a movie like this. In the good ones, maybe. But that's one line that in a movie like this, you just don't expect to hear stuff like that that resonates. And I felt like that line that landed, man, that really resonated. And that's relatable to... Any kind of profession or when you don't when something happens and you don't make it or whatever the case may be. That 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 line really resonated with me.
0: Well, that and on top of what like what you were saying, a movie like this, these underdog like triumphant movies, nine times out of ten, they teach you that if you don't actually end up succeeding, that you didn't mean anything. That's yes. kind of the, the yes. that's kind of the thing they end up like teaching you. Because True. they always like nine times out of ten, they always succeed. Every once in a while, like you do get a Rocky every once in a while, you put all that effort and you try and you do your best and you still don't succeed, which is what makes Rocky so amazing. And, but like you got, you got two different versions of, dear God, dog. Sorry. My dog decided to like, you know, knock shit over right in the middle of me saying that. (laughs) That It really did. Like, and it interrupted my flow and it was going to be so good. But I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to overcome my challenges like Rocky did. All right. And I'm going to come back. So, you got two different versions of the same thing within this movie, and that's what I thought was so great. Is well, technically the movie's about Paige, the movie's about her family. Mm-hmm. It's not about that because you get the you get the version of that story where the person does overcome challenges and succeeds and becomes the wrestler that they all wanted to be since they were kids. And then you get a version of that where somebody doesn't get that They fall apart a little bit, but they still find their role in life to where they still have value to themselves. And that's not typically a lesson you get in a movie like this, that your life can have value outside of succeeding as an underdog.
1: Yes. Yes. Typically in a film like this, you don't see that character. Yep. And that was what was so great about his
0: character. And you got to see him go from failing to finding another way to succeed. Yes. And still, in a way, keep his dream. All he did was kind of change his dream, but still realizing that he ultimately could get the same type of fulfillment out of his original dream with his new dream. And I thought that was fucking great.
1: Yes. Very. Yes. Excellent. And and even just like back to Vince Vaughn's character for a second, just normally that coach, drill sergeant-ish role also... A lot of times that role can be over overdramatized, and they wind up being like this motivator, or saying something that gets the 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 lead character to 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 find something within themselves, or they believe in them when the the lead character themselves doesn't even believe in them. And it's funny because he never did any of those cliche things, but you still felt. That he did believe in her. That he knew she had something. He knew that she was an X-Factor. You felt that without him having to do all the cliche shit. And that's another thing I loved about Vince Vaughn in this movie. Like, they, they, they just didn't do what they typically tend to do in these kinds of movies.
0: Well, in, in a lot of instances, especially you would think with something like wrestling, he would be like a drill sergeant type of character. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, he was actually a he was a he was almost a father. He was a father figure. Yeah, you know he you know he would express disappointment. You know, and it was never disappointment that you failed. It was disappointment that he you're not living to the potential he knows that, that's in you. That's what you felt whenever he would show those signs of disappointment. Mm-hmm. It was never that. Like especially because I mean yes they were all geared towards Paige because she was the central character in those aspects of it but it was never that he was disappointed that Paige failed he was disappointed that Paige failed because she wasn't living to her potential he he knew what she had and he knew she wasn't giving that and that's all he wanted was to like tap into that and that's what was so great about it is that he was just trying to tap that potential because he knew once he tapped it she was gold
1: yeah yeah
0: you know and. I mean, everything about that was so good. And, you know, and, and we do need to touch on this a little bit, too. We need to we do need to talk about The Rock in this movie. Um, he is one of the reasons why this movie got made. Yes. Um, you know, because it was kind of an important thing. And it, I do like how parts of it kind of mirrored his own life where he comes from a wrestling family, too. You know, his yeah. his grandfather was a wrestler. His father was a wrestler. Like nine of his cousins are wrestlers. You know, I mean, he, he has a wrestling family. And I liked that, how he touched on that a few times in the movie and stuff like that. And I mean, I feel like there, he was in it a little too much during some of those scenes. Mm. It was never, it was never a thing where I was bothered by him being on the screen because doing the rock Johnson's fantastic. Yeah. And I feel like there should be a role for in any movie ever made for him. Even if it's a small one, he should just be in every movie ever. (laughs) I think they need to remake Citizen Kane with him because then maybe it'll be good. Oh, um, God. But it just felt like some of those scenes were a little shoehorned in with him. I mean, I did genuinely love the one, though, early in the movie where they come across him backstage. Yes. That was fantastic. Yeah. That was fucking great. It was great. That was when great. When they did that, you know, because it showed you what made the Rock a superstar within the realm of wrestling. Whenever, you know, he did that whole thing where, he, you know, he was beat, trying to be a And I liked how it kind of showed how it would kind of be frustrating. He's trying to be a nice guy. And then they kept saying, you know, they kept being like, oh, wait, one more thing. And he was getting frustrated. Yes. yes, But he didn't want he didn't want to, like, flip the fuck out on him. Mm-hmm. And then I like the fact that it felt like he was flipping the fuck out on him. Yes. But he was actually showing them what to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I thought that was great. Um, it's just the way he, he presented themselves. Uh, you know, like I said, there was just a couple of times I was just like, really, was the rock there for that? Really? Um, and he might've been, who knows? He might've actually, you know, I don't, I personally, like, since I don't know the real story of everything, I know for the most part, this is a version of that. It's a dramatized version of it. I don't know if he was with her when, you know, she called her family to tell them that, you know, she was going to be on raw the next night and all that other shit. Yeah.
1: Who knows?
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess it makes for a good story either way. Yeah. You know? Because, I mean, and that's another thing I do want to touch on with you because maybe you know. Oh, I mean, one thing I guess we can maybe kind of start going a little towards dislikes because this was something directly tied to what I was saying that did bother me, which was I didn't like how they were kind of openly admitting that things were scripted. Hmm. But when she had her title shot on Raw, it's like it magically wasn't scripted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know that exactly aspect what of you're it talking about. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they
0: played that they played that match like they were legitimately wrestling, like out of nowhere, just going out there. And who wins is who wins. Yeah, no one knows. Yeah, that's how they played that scene, and that bothered me because they had openly admitted things were scripted throughout the movie, they openly played into that, they did the whole thing where the other parents were there and they were like, well, isn't wrestling just fake? And everybody's like, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah, yeah. They did They did everything that happens when you say something like that to wrestlers. Mm-hmm. They did everything about it, but still openly admitting that it's it's scripted. It's not fake, it's scripted. And they did that whole thing and then played it like it was a boxing match at the end where you don't know who's gonna win. I'm like, that would be scripted. Yeah. Why did they all of a sudden drop that veil? Like, it, it, like, why did all of a sudden they go back to kayfabe for the very end of the movie?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I totally uh, agree with you there. And that was a little weird to me. Kind of a little jarring because I thought, okay, I didn't even think they would even really show that wrestling match. I thought maybe the movie would end with her walking down the aisle head into the ring and i just imagined that before she even got to the ring that they would go to actual footage and just kind of show her winning the title and being like yeah and like oh man you know i thought the movie was just going to end right there but yeah i even felt a little weird how at the end it kind of seemed like this unplanned thing like oh yeah nobody knew and she was just supposed to be an x factor and she sort of won the title without anybody knowing that that was going to happen you know i i did definitely understand where you're coming from with that um you know and there was well, a hundred other ways they could have done that but yeah i i agree yeah. with what you're saying
0: cuz like that was the extent of my knowledge about Paige before going into this movie that she was on an xt and that her first time on the like in the main roster, like on Raw, she shows up and wins the title. Yes. That's all I knew about her. And and this is why I said maybe this is something you know or, or not. The way they were playing it on the show or I mean in the movie made me think that they were gonna show something I didn't know about that match, like that the champion got hurt in the match, and mm. so they had to change the end. And that's why Paige ended up being the champion her first night out. I thought that's what they were about to show me because of how they were playing it. Yeah. yeah. Because they were, they were playing it like, you know, Paige was going to go in and lose, but I knew she won. Yeah. So I'm like, I was like, oh, am I going to find out something? Like maybe the champion got hurt and they were like, we have to change this now. We have to end it this. And maybe that's how it was going to be. And that's why I thought maybe you knew something I didn't where that's what happened, you know, but Then, like I said, they played it out. I thought a better way to end it would be her coming out to the ring, and then you kind of fade to black, and while the credits are rolling, show the match.
1: Yes, exactly. Show the actual match while the credits are rolling. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I would have preferred, because the thing is, man, is that I just had – I wouldn't say issues. Like, it was not a deal breaker, because I can see from the the perspective of an audience member who doesn't know – anything about WWE or wrestling or anything, this probably is an ending that works for that part of the audience. You know, the people who have no idea about this, I could see how somebody writing this could go, okay, this is a better ending for them. We will give them the Rocky triumphant moment, you know, the Rocky II moment, Um, winning the title and everything like that. So I could see somebody writing this and thinking that's a better ending. But the truth is, and this is what was why it was a little jarring to me, is that Paige really made herself on NXT. And I thought they downplayed that a little bit, man, because Paige, like.
0: They glossed over yeah, that. Yeah. They, they glossed yeah, over her NXT. Th-
1: they really did because they, th- they made it a point in the film to kind of show that she renewed or i guess redeemed her friendships with the other divas and the other female members that were in there and i like that whole thing too how she judged them and she labeled them early in the movie and then by the time you get to towards the end they did a really good job with those girls by saying look You did the same thing to them as you're assuming everybody's doing to you. So I like that. That was all good stuff to me. I didn't have a problem with any of that. But in NXT, man, she got really, really famous. Like there was a time where she was considered the best female wrestler on the roster. Hands down. There was a time where she was the top female wrestler. And she was on NXT. She hadn't even got to WWE yet. So when she won the title, yes, I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised. Because by that time, she had found her voice. They were calling her the anti-diva. And she was coming out in the dark clothes and the fishnets, kind of like you saw her there um, in the film. So they got that part of it right, that she was different and she kind of had an attitude about her. And that's what really made her stand out. And they started calling her the anti-diva. But, man, she was the divas champion for, like, I want to say it was over a year. She was the NXT, I'm sorry, the NXT women's champion for, like, damn near a year or longer like she held that belt she beat everybody nobody could beat her they sent they would send WWE women from the main roster to wrestle her on NXT and they would lose to her too like they really put her in the highest position possible so by the time she got that uh that championship opportunity on Monday night raw she was more than ready for that, so I couldn't quite so me knowing all of that, I couldn't quite believe the oh, I'm in my room i'm I can't go out, I'm breathing hard, I don't know how to do this, I don't know what I'm gonna do when I get out there. I didn't buy any of that bro because she was already the biggest female star before she got to Monday Night Raw
0: well, and then on top of that too, like with the NXT stuff, all they did was show her fail in a promo thing and then and then succeed in a divas tag match now yes i had a problem with that too because they do that the suicide jump whatever the fuck it's called they do that yeah
1: suicide dive
0: yeah yeah suicide dive and they do that and then they're all like sitting on the ground smiling to each other that they succeeded in pulling off the move
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
0: i'm like they are right in they are like two feet away from each other like from the crowd, and they're just smiling at each other like, yeah, we did it. Coach said we couldn't do it, and we did it because we all came together. See, yeah. my cats even hate that shit. Yep.
1: I, guess I heard your cat's reaction, and the way your cat just acted, that's how somebody in the back would have acted if you were caught on camera laughing and looking at each other like they were. Like, yeah, we did it and smiling at each other. Bro, do you know how much trouble you would have got into if any of that was on camera? I think think they should have had, the next scene should have been them in the back amongst themselves. Like, yeah, we did it. Yeah, man, I told you we could do it. And maybe Vince Vaughn coming up to him, he didn't have to say anything like, oh, my God, you did a suicide dive. Because obviously he's seen that before, but he could have walked by with a little – gave him a little smirk and then walked off.
0: Exactly. You know? That would have been perfect. Yep. Doing that walk by and they're all kind of standing there and they're all talking about how awesome it was that they did it. And then he walks by up and they all kind of get quiet and he just looks at him. Kind of gives a little smirk. Yeah. And then keeps walking.
1: And that's all That'd you That would be the perfect needed. way to tell that. Yes. That's all you needed. You did not need them sitting there smiling at each other while the cameras are rolling. <laughs> no, man. No.
0: Dude, that that looked like a wrestling version of Sisterhood of the uh, Traveling Pants with how they were all like smiling with each other on the ground. Yeah, yeah. It was just so ridiculous for them to do that right then. I'm like, come on, you can't do that. That is just so awkward. Like, I felt awkward seeing that scene. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> and like you said, you're very versed in wrestling and everything. We, I mean, everybody knows that I haven't been versed in wrestling and decades at this point outside of lucha wrestling. Lucha is kind of where I know shit from now and so I'm used to seeing things like suicide dives. And if I was watching lucha underground and I saw my luchadors smiling at each other after doing a crazy ass move, I would turn that shit off in a fucking heartbeat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't get um you couldn't do that. And and that's why I'm like man and that's why I was like man I I had to watch this I watched it with like two different sets of eyes because the audience member, I can see them going, OK, cool. That scene came full circle because they couldn't do it. And now here we are later and they're and their buddies, they're partners now. And they were able to pull that off. So it's a good scene when you're looking at the sequential order of events and the script. But the wrestler part of me was like, nah, man. You couldn't have gotten away with that. That's They would well, see, not have done that. No way.
0: <laughs> and they handled it so well up until that one point. Yeah. It showed them training, showed them training, showing coach saying, showing up and saying, hey, don't even try it. There's no point in trying. You're not going to do it. And they're like, no, we're going to do it. And they kept trying and they kept training and doing all this other stuff. And then they did it. And you're like, yeah, cool. And then they ruined it like just half a second later. And I'm like, oh, I'm like that. Just whoa. And. Another thing that I, I'm going to call the that, that bothered me in this movie, and I'm going to call it the Lady Gaga effect. And the reason why I call it this is because of Lady Gaga in Born a Star. And I had the same problem in this that I kind of had with that. And for you know, let's just say what it is. Yes, Paige might be the anti diva, like maybe the anti women's wrestler, kind of with the, you know, her look in general. Mm-hmm. But fuck, she's still attractive.
1: She's still a beautiful woman. Yeah.
0: Why the fuck are they acting like she's an ugly duckling that's just completely out of place? Yeah. Yeah. She still very much fits. (laughs) Dear God, what is... See, my cats are bothered by this shit, too. My cats have gone insane tonight, guys. I'm sorry. My cats have just gone like, oh, hey, Sterling's recording. We're going to fuck shit up left and right. I don't know what is going on in my house. Everything is nuts. I wish I was Dr. Doolittle and I could figure out what the fuck is going on with my animals. Anyway... But they're acting like she's just, like, god-awfully ugly, and she just redeems it with talent. And it was, yeah. it was just like Lady Gaga in Born a Star, when everybody's like, oh, she, like, everybody told me I was going to feel because I'm ugly. Come the fuck on. You were beautiful that entire time. And then this movie does the same thing. And I was like, that's so fucking weird. Why does that have to be a trope? See, I muted it that time. And nobody in the crowds or anybody listening to that's going to hear that because that gap's going to be gone. But I muted my cat's fighting that time. Anyway, (laughs) and like, so like, why do they have to do that with women characters still? It's 2019. Why does the character that's just different always have to like artificially overcome looks every time? Why does that have to be an issue every time you have a women character that is strong?
1: That like, That's so true. That's so true. It's a weird
0: narrative at this point. Like, don't get me wrong. I still understand that women still have to deal with body issues no matter what. I, I, I 100% understand that. And it's also, you know, like men have the same thing. They still have the same thing. That is still a prevalent thing. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't understand that. It's just why does that have to be a part of the narrative every time no matter what? Like, why do strong female characters in these types of movies – like I said, Born a Star did the same thing. Have to, that always be something they have to overcome. Like, you can have her overcome just like, like you know, her being different. You can still have that aspect of it, but they still, it still felt like they never said it outright. I will say that. They never said it outright that they were like, oh, well, she was ugly or whatever. Nobody said that, but they kind of did, especially when she's failing that promo thing. When, like, the guy in the crowd's, like, saying something about her being a witch yeah and stuff like that yeah and maybe and maybe that did happen maybe that is a direct quote from something that happened when they were doing that maybe it is but it still felt weird and it still felt like we were still kind of get pulled back to like i said that narrative yes and
1: and some of it
0: they- when you see Paige, when you see Paige wrestle like i've seen just clips here and there like I, said, I had seen the match where she won the title you never like i've never gotten the impression regardless of whether or not like she's ever actually felt that way because she very much could have internally felt that way but just that woman reeks of confidence all the fucking time and i felt like and maybe it took her a while to get there it still just felt like
1: they were leaning on her not being confident a little too much yeah and and especially wrestling since she was like six seven and eight years old i mean She had no reason to not be confident. And then on top of that, like you said, I think they tried to alleviate that a little bit because they tried to act like it was sort of self-inflicted. Like when she came there, she was the one saying, well, I'm different from them. I don't have the same looks as they do. They're a bunch of tits and ass. You know, that was one of the lines she sort of said when she was talking about them and stuff like that. and. It wasn't so much as it wasn't like they came up to her and they were being bastards to her more than than they were just sort of reciprocating the feelings that she was giving towards them. So then when the girl so when they have the conversation on the bus with the other divas and they're like, oh, well well, why do you care about what I think? I'm just a model. I'm just tits and ass, you know? And then it kind of became like, I think they tried to do that spin where it was like, ha, you know, this was self-inflicted. Paige felt like this, but nobody around her really felt like this as well. She made this happen for her as much as it was, more than it was there were people labeling her and things like that i i kind of felt that from the narrative but i wonder if you felt any of that
0: no no you you are absolutely right on that like and and maybe that's why it wasn't as egregious as other movies yeah More yeah with the same thing because it, it wasn't it, it was nowhere near as egregious because like i said the only time that anybody directly said anything that came across like they were talking about her looks was that member in the crowd that says she just needs to get back on her broom and stuff like that. Yeah. That was the only time there was that direct statement. You know, they did the whole thing with her feeling like she needed to get a spray tan and dye her hair blonde. And for all I know that actually happened. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I, I hope it did. If they put that in the movie, I hope it did. Cause otherwise then my point is still a little right that they felt like artificially shoehorning that in. Yeah. So I hope that actually happened. Yeah. I truly do. Me too. It's just like, Anytime I've seen Paige though, it's like I said, she she just drips confidence.
1: Yes. And
0: it's it's very much that whole like that whole personality of like, I don't give a fuck if you like me or not. I'm me. You know? Yes. And I felt like they laid I felt like they laid the groundwork for that. I just don't felt like I never felt like they ever got there in the movie. They never got to that moment in the movie. And if it really was like you said, where she was like dominating NXT, she would already have that. Yes. And it never showed it in the movie. She should have had at least aspects of that when she was going in for that title fight. Now, I understand, like, especially because I, I have seen that title fight, the way she was acting when she won was very much the way Paige acted when she won.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: You know, that very much was the same. Like, and I did appreciate that. One thing that did bother me, and this is severely nitpicky. But it it double bothered me whenever they showed it to – she wasn't wearing the same uh, wrestling outfit that Paige wore. Yeah, And and it wouldn't have bothered me. And I knew it because, like I said, I had seen the match. But it wouldn't have bothered me if they hadn't shown her outfit literally like 15 seconds after the movie ended in the credits.
1: Yeah, and I wonder why that (laughs) was – Was the actor subconscious about wearing that uniform? Did they think it was a little too risque and it was family? I don't know. I wonder why they didn't just, but they showed it. So obviously they didn't have, I don't know. I don't know. That was strange that she just didn't wear the same thing. I thought the same thing when I watched it, man.
0: And like I said, it's nitpicky. It really is. But it just really solidified that it was a weird decision. Because, like, that movie ended with weird decisions because that whole them smiling together on the ground, the way they acted with the surprise of her winning the match, and the outfit change was all at the end of the movie. Those were all, like, back-to-back scenes. Yeah,
1: true. Very true. They were
0: all back-to-back scenes. And I think that's why I never got comfortable again at that point, with the exception of – now, when they did the whole scene with The Rock calling her family, the way Nick Frost acted – with the rock on the phone was fucking great. yes
1: it was it
0: was i love that <laughs> yeah you know and just the way everybody ever the way everybody was acting during those scenes like watching her wrestle and watching her for the phone call especially because they're like why the fuck are you calling me during it's it's wrestlemania why are you calling me
1: yeah you know yep
0: that whole thing like and everybody's like what the why is somebody calling and then it's the rock and all this other stuff that was great I, um and that was the only time, like I guess, from that that NXT wrestling match to the end of the movie that I felt comfortable again was during that scene. It's just the ending was a very weird thing for me. It it felt like it started to unravel a little bit towards the end. I was mm-hmm. fine with it until that part. Yeah. Um and I I I I don't want it to sound like it was uh like a big detractor to me. And, and maybe it is because I know enough about wrestling for those things to bother me and i feel like wrestling fans would really be bothered by those scenes yes if my yeah if my base level knowledge of things made it bother me then wrestlers should have been flipping the fuck out which that's why it was weird choices to me because that is your main target demographic is wrestling fans yeah why would you do that it weirdly got like ready to rumble at the end where that wrestling is real and it, it felt like it betrayed the demographic yeah Because I don't know how a single wrestling fan in the world could ever like Ready to Rumble because every single thing about that movie betrays a basic understanding of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And in no way, shape or form should it have because there was 9 billion wrestlers on that set. (laughs) Yeah. And they couldn't get the basic fundamentals, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're 90% of your cast is legitimate wrestling superstars and you couldn't get that shit right. Yeah. And that's what that's, and that's why it was so weird because Stephen Merchant is such a smart guy. And obviously this was a passion project for him because he wrote and directed it. He reached out to The Rock. My understanding is he reached out to The Rock saying, hey, I'm wanting to do this. And The Rock, you know, knows who Paige is. And, you know, uh, as far as I know, they had interacted and stuff like that. That was like totally down to do it, you know, and all this other stuff. And for it to be a passion project and have The Rock be an executive producer and have the WWE be – A producer of your movie, too, because if you do anything with one of their superstars, they get a cut of it. Mm -hmm. And to have all these wrestlers on the set and all this stuff to just weirdly betray with the ending made no fucking sense to me. Yeah. I just don't get it. Like, and maybe that's, maybe that's the whole crux of getting a, a movie about wrestlers that has real wrestlers or is about real wrestlers or anything like that. Because when you watch the movie, The Wrestler, you don't get that. Yeah. So maybe if it's not about, you know, fake wrestlers, then they'll do it right. Or no, if it's not about fake wrestlers, then they fuck it up.
1: Yeah. And I think, I guess, and who knows? I just feel like this feels like the kind of ending where maybe he might have written four different scenarios. And I feel like this is the one where maybe producers or maybe whoever is in his ear, mentors or whatever, like picked or, ooh, this maybe one. test audiences. Yeah, test audiences. And maybe this Mm. is the one that won out and maybe he should have gone with one of the other ideas. But this feels like an idea where it might have won out when he asked mentors or other people or for opinions. Maybe he was juggling with a bunch of different ones. And this was the one that got the most votes or something. That's what this feels like, because I mean, because and I could see somebody him uh, 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 maybe a fellow filmmaker or mentors, I could see somebody going, okay, what if right when she gets up to the curtain, Vince Vaughn comes up to her and says, you're winning the title tonight. And we just get that shot of her like, what? And then he goes, yeah, it's you. You're winning tonight. See, that w-
0: that would have made sense with her like reactions yes, at the and beginning. then
1: she has the because- reaction calls the brother, brother talks her through and then she's on her way out there and we then like you said we fade there and we see her win we see the actual page pin the actual aj and win the title
0: yeah because that's what was so confusing for me is every single scene leading up to that match i was waiting for her to find out she was going to win yeah yeah and it never happened and so, once the match started, I was like, that's what, like, when I said earlier, I thought I was about to find out AJ got hurt in the match. And that's why Paige won. I thought I was about to get some shit. I was like, yeah, this is the type of shit you want to know about. And then it just didn't happen. And I'm like, oh, what? Like, you know, because I don't know. I don't know about the what led up to the match. Because I don't know, like, you know, when AJ was doing that whole thing and Paige comes out. I don't know if they actually had that moment where, like, Paige freezes on the mic. I don't know if that's what actually happened. I hadn't seen that part of the match. I literally have seen from uh, like the beginning bell to her winning and then her, you know, doing her little post-match speech and stuff like that. That's what I've seen. So I didn't know if that actually happened or not. And that would have made sense if she found out she was going to win last moment. And then all of a sudden it sinks in like, holy fuck. Yeah. And then her kind of freezing up a little bit would have made sense.
1: Yeah. And, At that yeah, moment, yeah, just unable to take in the fact that this is actually about to happen. And maybe there was somebody who was like, "Yeah, that's more true to what would happen." But is that the most dramatic ending we can come up with? If we already give him the ending, then what's the point of that? The the, the scene following. So maybe somebody convinced him. How about we just kind of play it as if it she wasn't unknown. Why don't we just play that like they were playing it in the WWE. Like she was coming up from the main roster. She's challenging for the belt. And it looks like a match, a typical match where the new person is just going to get beat and she wins. What if we just dramatize it that way rather than doing the more real wrestler thing that it should have been. And I don't know. I feel like he, I know that there was another ending. I know that there's another ending that was more like well, what see, we described, and they went with this one. I just have to believe well, one that.
0: Way you, well, and I think part of it, too, could have been for the people that might watch it that aren't wrestling fans, uh-huh. where they didn't want to give away her winning the match before you actually know the end of the movie. And so a way they could have gotten around that, though, is to her to like about to walk out and all this other stuff and have Vince Vaughn whisper it in her ear. You just don't have it audible. And then you just like have her look, have this look on her face of like, holy fuck. And don't say what it is. And then let the match play out and have her win. And then you could even do that almost cliche flashback thing where it kind of cuts back to that and then you hear him say it. That would have been an acceptable way of ending that because I still just don't know where they... I know. That's my... That's what I was feeling too, Kat. (laughs) Um that it was just that it just felt a little weird. And like I said, I I feel like there were ways to fix it, but I guess that's why they ended it that way is they didn't want to give away the ending to people that weren't wrestling fans. I just don't know who's seeing this movie that aren't. I really don't. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, I don't know. It's just, that was, that was just a weird, weird thing for them to do for me. Uh, It really was. Um, I mean, other than that, like, so outside of like those aspects of the end, when it did portray the wrestling kind of weird. Like, what about the wrestling in the rest of the movie, though? Like, how was that for you? Because that felt a little more real to me, at least. Like, or not, like, more authentic to how wrestling is.
1: Uh, yes. So, to to just quickly comment on some of that stuff, I really enjoyed all of that. Like, everything that you saw just gave me so many memories and so many feelings of just being down here in Odessa with uh, Old School Wrestling, which is still a promotion that I'm involved with. But seeing all of that, them lining up and doing the different routines and, okay, do a snapmare, and then them flipping the guy over their head and all of that stuff, locking up, all of that was, I thought, perfectly displayed in the film. I thought that they did a great job of kind of showing that when when a certain person who has of physical handicaps or maybe physical disadvantages are kind of like the guy who was blind. And when he jumped off the ropes for the first time and hit that top, uh, that second rope splash and everybody cheered for him and stuff like that, man, I've had similar moments just like that where we had a student who was struggling and finally they get over the hump and everybody clapped and motivated that person. All of that is real stuff. Um, the stuff in the performance center. Um, now I haven't been to the performance center that that's a dream of mine that I'm still trying to accomplish. So Zach, I know how you feel buddy, because I've been close a few times and, uh, yeah, you know, whatever, but maybe we'll expound on that. Maybe not, but maybe that's not the time for this, but, uh, I have done some camps with new Japan pro wrestling. And it is a lot like that. They push you, you're doing all these crazy exercises, and the whole point is to see if you want to quit. So I thought that they, all of that was portrayed extremely well. Even like just the feelings that you get when you're backstage, they nailed that. Like how you could see all the little production cargo boxes labeled WWE laid everywhere. That is exactly how it looks in the back. When they were in catering and she walked up and Big Show and Sheamus, which are two WWE wrestlers, for those that don't know, were back there eating and there's plenty of food and there's just tons of hot dogs and there's all kinds of stuff. That is exactly like that. That's what catering is like uh, in the back, because for those who don't know, I have been backstage with wwe a few times i've done extra talent work for them and stuff like that so i was happy to see that they nailed all of that the look of it those feelings of seeing all of these idols and people on tv that you're used to seeing walk by and people speaking to you and saying hi and full of personalities and stuff like that they nailed all of that so i couldn't have been happier about that aspect of the film
0: now, one thing that I was thinking when I was watching this movie is that whole thing about giving receipts—is that real? Yes, is that something that that people do? Yes, deal?
1: that is something that people do.
0: I mean, I did know that, like, if people are jacking around during matches, that you do that—you know—you kind of lean a little bit more into some of the moves to teach them a lesson if they're constantly fucking up or doing something wrong. Like, I knew that, but I didn't know that that was something done in training too. With that whole thing. Yeah.
1: And there's, and here's kind of, I, I'm not sure what your interpretation was by what the movie gave you, but I believe there was even a line in there where she was like, well, if you botch a move or something like that, you get a receipt and it teaches you not to do it again. And see, and I don't know. Before I say that's not necessarily true, I will preface that with this is wrestling in the UK. Perhaps the way they do receipts is a little bit different than the way we do wrestling in America because that is a very real thing. When I trained with some guys that were from Mexico for Mexican lucha wrestling, there are a lot of the rules that I had, I learned are different there. A lot of the interpretations of what to do and when during matches is different over there. So I bet anything, maybe the UK does things a little bit different. So when she's saying that, Perhaps she is speaking from a person who has trained in UK wrestling. But here in America, receipts are interpreted a little bit different. Like a receipt is not necessarily for, well, when you botch a move, somebody beats your ass. Uh, And I felt like it kind of came off that way in the film. You can let me know if I'm right on that. But here in America, a receipt is if somebody hits you too hard or let's just say, You know, they're punching you and they bloody your lip or something or break your nose or, you know, they injure you like they hit you so hard that you're injured or they knock the wind out of you. You know, something kind of goes wrong in the in the ring and they don't apologize for that or there's no like immediate remorse or you don't feel that it was an accident per se. If you get that feeling in the ring, then you will give a receipt, which is getting them back for hurting you. It's kind of an eye for an eye. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you a little bit. But we're still partners. This is still a dance. But you hurt me a little bit, I'm going to hurt you a little bit. It's not necessarily you botch and you get your ass beat. And I felt like that's how it kind of came off the way she said it in the
0: film. I mean, a little bit. Um, I mean, especially like, I don't necessarily know if it was like botched. It was just the whole fact that the girl, you know, was fucking up and hurting her with it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and she was
1: hurting. And, and yeah, she had,
0: she t- elbowed her and she had tried and she had tried to remedy the situation. Yes. And it's like, the girl didn't really listen. Yeah. You know, type of situation. Yes. But I mean, and I, I did, I did like the aspect of it that they did it and, uh, it really would feel like that it like especially being at the uh you know WWE training and stuff like that that they would be like no quit your shit yes like yes the, they would jump in in a heartbeat and be like yeah this isn't that we're professionals here we don't do that shit like that type of situation that part really did feel real to me with uh Vince Vaughn jumping in like that and being like yeah we don't do that shit here yeah you might have done it in bumfuck nowhere england but we're not doing that shit here.
1: Yes. And I could totally see that shit happening to somebody. And this isn't like I'm divulging secret information. There are videos that you can watch of people in the performance center. And this and that kind of stuff happens all the time, man. Like somebody will do something a certain way because they learned it at a training facility. And then the trainer would be like, uh, no, we don't do that shit. Don't do it that way. Don't step with your feet that way. Why are you running off the ropes and your foot is up? Your foot needs to be down. Your stride needs to be perfect. You need to be looking at the rope that you're running off of. Don't just back into the rope. There are like little rules on footwork and stuff like that and stuff like receipts and things like that that, yes, they do totally different there and they totally enforce those things and i've done a couple of tryouts and seminars with wwe coaches and yeah people get checked all the time for doing different shit and then they'll say well that's how and it's the same as page you always have that wrestler that opens their mouth instead of listening and they're like well that's how i learned well so-and-so told me that's how we do it and then they just stop them right there and go well this is wwe if you want to work with us you can't do shit that way. I've heard it said straight up like that. So that was very accurate.
0: I mean, and that, and honestly, if you look at it, that makes sense. Like, you know, it, it really is that difference between like, you always have those people that have that old school mentality versus the new, uh, new school stuff, you know, like it's, uh, go with me on a little trip here. Cause this is going to be a little of a weird analogy, but I promise I'll make it fit. It's kind of like when people talk about LeBron playing in the NBA back in the Michael Jordan days. Mm. And they were like, well, like LeBron flops now. LeBron does this. LeBron does that. You never saw Michael Jordan do that. They were tougher back then and all this other stuff. Well, it was it's it was a different game. If LeBron grew up in the 70s and like was playing basketball in the 80s, early 90s, he wouldn't be flopping because that's something that's conducive to now's game. Yes. Yes. He, he does it because it's conducive to now. And it's kind of the same way. Uh, with wrestling like with a lot of these independent promotions and stuff like that, you'll have uh, a lot of them are ran by older school guys. So they have that old school mentality with stuff like mm-hmm. that. But then like when you have people get to the WWE, they're like, no, we don't do it that way anymore. This is how we do it. And for better, or for worse. I mean, people can say whatever. I mean, WWE still making money. Yeah. I mean, they're still the biggest promotion in the world. I mean, so they're doing something Right. You know, people can say whatever they want about the NBA. Now, those guys are making more money than any NBA players have in their entire lives. You know, some of them are making that in a game check. And so, yeah, it's conducive to now stuff, you know, with the way that WWE is being ran now, you know, getting that old school mentality out of some of those aspects makes sense. And you want to you and you want to stop it there. You know, you want to stop it while you've still got people in training. You don't want to. Try to like get it out of people's mentalities when they've been on the main roster for like a year.
1: Yes. And it's always easier to train someone who doesn't have some of those quote unquote bad habits, which is the argument for which is why sometimes they do prefer to train somebody who seems promising but has no real experience because you haven't let the indie world, so to speak the independent wrestling world sort of already create bad habits within your brain because some people are just stuck in their ways. Cause that's all they've been taught. That's all they've been used to doing. And they've had success on the indies. Well, when you get there and they say, change it. And if you're not that adaptable coachable type of person, you will have problems. And so at, at the time, so there was really a time in WWE where if you were an independent wrestler, you couldn't get in that place because they just had this idea that, no, we need people with less experience out there, not people with more experience out there. Now, the script is flipped because now a lot of independent guys have made the transition and they're the ones kind of getting over with the crowd like they talked about and becoming the more successful superstars so i do feel like wwe has turned a new leaf but yes but that concept that you're talking about that kept a lot of independent wrestlers out just because they didn't want to reteach well it's
0: you know because if you just take somebody that has natural athletic ability that might not have ever wrestled before but if they're a natural athlete and they're a good athlete you can teach them how to wrestle yeah that was the mentality exactly and but I mean, it, and maybe one reason why it is different now, why they might be willing to take a lot more independent wrestlers and stuff like that, is probably because you have enough recent ex-WWE people out there doing more of the training. True.
1: That's now, true. And that is true. That
0: they're not they're not going to be teaching some of those old school bad habits, you know? They're going to be teaching them at least enough of the new way to where the WWE can then mold around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Instead of having to fix 15 bad habits, they might only have to fix five. And that's a little bit more reasonable to have somebody with experience and do it that Mm way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I mean, so all in all, I mean, I think we can wrap up on this one. I mean, so all in all, like, I mean, I'll start off with this. I mean, I would recommend this movie uh, even to a non-wrestling fan or something like that. I, I, for the most part, did have a great time uh, with this movie Uh, for a lot of actors that I didn't know. I thought they were great. And the ones that were established actors, I think showed why they're established. And then um, you have people like Vince Vaughn, where I'm like, I hope you kind of have a second career with this type of shit. Um, I want to see more Vince Vaughn doing this. And I really hope that uh, Lena Headey uh, can maybe break out of that Cersei typecast because this shows her, she's got range. She's got the ability to do it. So I hope she can get overcome that typecast And, I mean, Nick Frost is going to be around because it's Nick Frost. He's been in some shit. He'll still be in some shit. It's great. Um, And, you know, also, if you want to see some really stuffy British people um, watch some wrestling and and get into it and curse out of nowhere, this movie's also got that for you, too. Um, I mean, I just I thought very much so that, like, for not being a completely big name movie and, you know, not being that uh, the type of movie you would expect this level of acting and I thought that that was probably where this movie succeeded the most was it got the most out of pretty much every performer in this movie. Uh, I don't think you'll have a letdown when it comes to an acting performance. Um, and like, uh, me and Justin talked about as far as it being like that underdog overcoming movie, uh, this one feels a little fresher. It feels a little different. Uh, it feels like it justifies caring about this underdog, uh, overcoming some stuff whereas a lot of these other movies just feel like they're a formula and the studio is like oh we haven't made our underdog movie this year let's turn one out real quick this movie doesn't feel like that um so this uh i'll give it a grade um it's actually a little less than i would have given it if you had asked me right after i first watched it i was very much higher on it when i first watched it um but i think after sitting on it a little bit i still think it was good i'm gonna give it 83, uh, smiling girls on the ground after performing a move when they shouldn't smile out of 100. I think that's where I would sit with this.
1: <laughs> Great. Um, so to just give my take on it, I, I also will mirror Sterling and say that I definitely recommend this film. And as you said, yes, this is a feel-good, family-friendly kind of underdog sports movie. But like you said, but wrapped up in this, it's more than that. That's kind of what it is on the surface. And yes, it does have that familiar territory with it. But this is very much a family film. And beyond the exterior of this odd little wrestling family that practices in a ring and even performed against each other and are wrestling with all these things, there's this very, at the heart of it, and that's what one thing this movie does have, a lot of heart, but at the heart of all of it is really just this family wrestling with all these aspects of life, with the prospect of uh, um their children becoming uh, a household name, with the challenges of one of the children maybe not accomplishing that dream, another child in jail. Uh, a family couple who's kind of odd and a little different from the people around them but they band together and they fight all these challenges together and I thought that that was it's very fitting that that's the title of this film and so at the heart of it there's a lot that anybody could gain from watching a movie like this Um, so I definitely would recommend it too even if you're a non-wrestling fan and if you're a wrestling fan um, as a person who is in wrestling and performs and who is a definitely a fan of wrestling, there was a lot to like here. They nailed a the lot of what it's like to be a wrestler, what it's like to have those dreams, what it's like to idolize these people on TV, what it's like to train and the ups and downs of getting picked versus not getting picked and being happy for people, but also being angry with yourself and all of that stuff is represented well in this. Um, And all of the stuff with the WWE, I liked how they kept a lot of the fluff out and really just made this more about what the family was going through. So this was very smart. I think this was a home run for WWE Studios. And it's no surprise that it took somebody like The Rock, who had the foresight and saw this and saw the value in this, to really give them what really I think is the best movie that has ever come from their studios by far. So I definitely recommend it. And I'm going to give this movie, I'm going to give it pretty much kind of, I was thinking the same thing as Sterling. I like this movie a lot, but I didn't love it. So we're going to go 85 uh, scenes of Lena Headey and Nick Frost making out at the dinner table out of a hundred.
0: Yeah, and I think I think you really did sum it up well too when you talked about the heart that this movie has. Uh, it really does. Um, like that's it. Really is. It's probably the biggest selling point of this movie is that it has just just ungodly amounts of heart to it, and it's not something you would expect, I guess, in a wrestling movie. Not to you know discredit wrestling or anything like that, but if you asked an atypical moviegoer about you know wrestling. You know, a movie about wrestling, especially a real life professional wrestler, you're not going to think heart. You know, uh, Netflix is coming out with a Hulk Hogan uh, biopic uh, at some point mm-hmm. with uh, Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth playing mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan, and I don't think we're going to get a lot of heart in that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that's going to be a heartfelt movie. Um, and this one was. It really was, and it it is something that while some of the subject matter does maybe get. A little bit more you know on the mature side and stuff like that i still think it has relevance um for people you know of of an age you know it's a pg-13 movie so if you're comfortable showing your kids a pg-13 movie this is fine and i do think that they get something out of it because of the genuine heart and and everything with this movie um i think people essentially of all ages respectively uh can get something out of this movie yeah yeah um but other than that Thank you guys for listening. Check us out on the internet at Twitter, we are cinema underscore slayers, Facebook and Instagram. We are Cinema Slayers. Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. If you, you know, would rather listen to us on another podcasting platform, yeah. Try to find us there. We're probably there. Because we're ever there. We're we're everywhere there. We're everywhere, including Spotify. So if you'd prefer that, we are there too. Um, if you ever want to listen to us and you have a, you know, an Amazon Alexa. You can say, Hey, Alexa, listen to, I want to listen to Cinema Slayers. <laughs> It'll play us because I've done that on somebody's Alexa. We are there. It will pull us up. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And just because it is still kind of award season, I want to remind everybody that according to Jastin, Moon Knight is an Academy Award winning best picture.